Welcome to Bishop Dr. Colin Yaki's podcast. Bishop Dr. Colin is an author and also mega church pastor. He is the founder and presiding bishop of Harvestars International Churches, with the headquarters being based in Blair, Zimbabwe, overseeing over 800 churches across the continents. And now, let's listen to a message from Bishop Dr. Colin Yaki. Be blessed. Thank you. Principles of impartation. This is part five. Is it part five, Molly, or part six? Part five? Part five. Okay. I think we'll do part six on Tuesday. Don't forget Tuesday there's prayer meeting here, 5.30 sharp. Don't miss that. Principles of impartation through the Holy Spirit. All right. I will recap just five, six minutes and go into today's message. Let's start by reading. Please stand if you don't mind. Stand up as we read the word. Thank you. Principles of impartation. We are blessed that you are here. May God bless you. God watch over your life. Hello, Papa. Jesus name. Ah. All right. We encourage you to bring your notebooks and your Bibles to church. I know some of you are new church, but bring your notebook and your Bible so that you write these messages. If you write them, they are yours. You can preach them anyway. I have many, many messages. I have preached many, over thousands of messages that I've preached. So write, some of them are in my books there. I'm an author of 30 books right there. And some of them come from these books that I've written. So when you write a message down, it will help you. If, especially if you write it systematically, you go over it, you preach it. All our message, messages are structured so that they will establish you and grow you. We welcome our visitors. There are many people that follow us via social media. And we thank you for following us. Like, comment, and so forth. I pray that the Holy Spirit impacts you as you watch this program today. In the name of Jesus, say amen. Let's read the two scriptures. Romans 1 verse 11. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Now Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom for Moses had laid his hands on him so the children of Israel heeded him let me play around with this I just felt something drop in my spirit here did you know that it takes power for people to follow you yeah. it takes power because you by nature you are very rebellious mm, you don't want to follow anybody so it takes the power of God for people to follow it takes the power of God for people to wake up in the morning to come and hear you preach otherwise they could be watching super sport watching Arsenal and whatever they did yesterday it takes the grace of God yeah it takes the grace of God for you as well to wake up and decide not to oversleep and come to church. It is the grace of God that brings you. It takes the power of God to love God that you have never seen in the physical and love him 
And therefore, this man, Joshua, needed hands laid on him for several reasons. He would receive the wisdom, the ability to apply that knowledge correctly. But what really interests me is that so that the children of Israel will listen to him. <laughs> try it sometime and try and stand up here and say the things that I say and see if they will not stone you some people here. Hey, Bagus on tell. Hey, Minangas Kurumuzo talk with tip, look and out. When was Kuruma with tip? But but same things. <laughs> because it takes the grace of God for people to follow. It is that grace that we all need in our different spheres. If you're a counselor and a counseling leader, for people to hear you and want to come when you call them. Yeah. Because their departments represented you. You can call people straight away after the service, they walk out. And you remain alone. Why are they not listening? You must pray enough and more. So that that grace will fall upon you. And meet you. offering. It takes the grace of God. It takes these impartations that we are talking about. I believe you and you and you in the next season. That's what you will have. That commanding grace that says you can't ignore me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say amen. So they heeded him indeed as the Lord had commanded. Shall we pray? Father, we believe in anointing. Anoint your word as we share it today. In Jesus name. Amen. Please take your seats. Introduction. One of the ways of limiting or breaking limitations in our lives is through the ordinance of laying on of hands. It's an important ordinance. We practice this after five weeks of preaching, we called every one of you that wanted to be prayed for. We prayed for you. For me, I ended up going at the back and praying for those that were seated, some of them. Some of them were queuing there. And we prayed for you to make sure we cover you because some of you don't understand. Now, please, I didn't put Hebrews 6 verse 2. I say Korimbo there, yet it's not Korimbo. Whoever. Hebrews 6 verse 2. Let me show you like I did last week. The six doctrines of Jesus Christ. These doctrines are very key. And you'll see that one of them there is laying one of hands. Now start with verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. That's doctrine number one. From dead works. Doctrine number two, of faith toward God. That's another doctrine. Doctrine number three, of the doctrine of baptisms. We baptized 40 people two weeks ago here, 40. Baptisms. Number four, the doctrine of laying on of hands. Number five, the doctrine of resurrection of the dead. And number six, the doctrine of eternal judgment. These are foundational doc doc uh, doctrines. Any church that does not believe in all of those has serious flaws. For example, if you don't believe in eternal judgment, why are we in church? Why do we live right? <laughs> we might as well all go and drink. That doctrine is very important. What about the resurrection? If you don't believe that there is resurrection after you die, 
So why are you wasting time? Eh, if you're going to die, bury, dissipate, disappear, then why? So that's important doctrine. The doctrine of laying on of hands is what we practice today. Laying on of hands. Why? Because impartations come to you when hands are laid on you. Certain limitations in your life are broken because hands have been laid. Go back to verse 1. Verse 1 has three more doctrines there. Three more. From faith. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. You can't please him. Repentance. We believe when you accept Christ and repent, there is a change. That's a powerful, powerful doctrine there. And those are six doctrines. And if you are to fellowship with anyone and they, don't, they tell you that they don't believe in any one of those, cut that relationship. You are going nowhere with that person. Yeah. It's all based on those six cornerstones right there. So as we lay hands on people, certain limitations are broken. I believe that was what has happened to you today. What is impartation? Quickly, we say this. Impartation is transference of divine virtues. Divine virtues that come to you. Number two, we say transference, uh, impartation is transference of divine deposits. Deposits. We say number three, trans, uh, impartation is transference of supernatural graces. We went on to say there are five sources of impartation. Five sources of impartation. Number one, divine encounters. I read my share of those over time. Divine encounters. When God, by his will, decides to encounter you and meet with you, I can tell you several of them, the encounters that I've had over time as I served God. And these have left a mark in my life from hearing the voice, from the testimony that I shared about that lady, from visitations, literal visitations, okay? That those are the encounters that I've met over, that I've had rather over time in my life. These will change you. We quickly say there are keys to divine encounters. Or number one, number one is isolation. A, if you are to encounter God, don't love crowds too much. Yeah, be alone. When you are alone, sometimes God will visit you. Don't be among the crowds everywhere, all the time. Be alone and call upon God alone. You'll find that God will meet you. Isolation. Jacob was alone and he encountered God and that changed his life. We say it B. Keys to divine encounters. What did we say B was? B was focus. Yeah. Elijah said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If God is God, serve him. If the devil serve him, focus. When you are focused on God, focus on God. We were focused here for five, five years to build this. Five years. Five years. We never looked anywhere. Just focus. Focus. My wife tried to say, I'm doing something there, building. I said, you know what? I just need to be focused for the next five years. Five years. So that if, if I don't focus, I may miss this thing. Focus. Laser focus. And then after COVID, this thing appears. Is that not so? Focus is key. Focus is key. Number three, sacrifice. We read you a scripture from First Chronicles. Sacrifice. It takes a lot of sacrifice to do the things of God. If you are one who's not given to sacrifice, you can't go far in the anointing, in the grace, in building God's work. Sacrifice 
is needed. The generation that we have today is a generation that does not believe in sacrifice. T, prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. It's key. That's why we are pushing you to prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Very key. Most people can't fast even one day. They get headaches when they fast one day. They think they're going to die. If you do it properly, you're drinking water, lots of water, and you're praying. Fasting is enjoyable. Very much enjoyable. Yeah. I finished mine wake, waking out. Waking out almost two hours in a workout, in a gym. Fasting and gymming. I think I was better than these that were eating. Mm, right through 40 days. 40 days. When you're too weak. Each generation is weak. Including your neighbor. Tell your neighbor and shake them and say, don't be weak like you are. What type of a person are you? <laughs> too weak. Save God and sacrifice for God. So prayer and fasting. E. There's another. Perseverance. Perseverance. When you persevere, it is a key. Perseverance is a key that will take you far. Persevere. Even with that lady that said no to you, go back again. Change the perfume that you were wearing and put another one. And change the language you used. Go back until she says yes. I have people that are married here. They went four times. Five times before the lady said yes. She may be testing you. She may be confused about you. But if you keep on knocking, you will find that things eventually work out. So perseverance, therefore, becomes very key right there. And then we talked about number two. That was all number one with A, B, C, D. Number two, through a father-son relationship. Through a father-son relationship. Did you know there's a doctrine these days that says uh, there are no fathers in the Lord. Forget about fathers. You are on your own. You are your own man. <laughs> this world is tough. You need people that have gone ahead of you to hold your hand and walk with you. Right through the Bible. Right through the word of God. The word of God talks about father-son relationship. Sons need fathers. Fathers need sons. Second Kings 2 verse 12 there. And Elisha saw it. And he cried out. My friend. My friend. How did he cry out? My father. My father. The chariot of Israel. Oh you need fathers. <laughs> oh we then told you what fathers do. In the kingdom of God. Functions of fathers. Fathers demonstrate love. <laughs> I love fathers. Fathers and sigabaichie. Tell your neighbor sigabaichie. Whatever you do, you find them steady. As long as they serve God. Yeah. You will never, never get to, to, to destroy them. Fathers are fathers. Mm. Fathers don't panic. Yeah. B, what do we say about fathers? Fathers train and discipline. I love the discipline part of it there. But the training is key too. A good father is not Father Christmas. A good father is a father who tells you, if you do this, you're going to hell. If you persist, you will find yourself in trouble. So fathers train and discipline. C, what did we say? Uh, we said fathers provide. Mm -hmm. In the basic sense, fathers provide. D, what did you say about fathers? Fathers reproduce. Again, spiritually, they raise sons and daughters. 
an E. What did we say about fathers? Fathers bless and impart. Say impartation, Moana, impartation. Fathers bless and impart. Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6 is the scripture that I wanted to read. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. Elijah the prophet. Before the coming of the great and dreadful day, it is the spirit of Elijah that is being said. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to sons and the hearts of sons to fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Whenever there are no fathers, there's a curse on earth. And God sees, or Malachi sees, the restoration of this relationship. I want today to touch on laying on of hands, which we did, but we're going to combine it with one or two others, then we are there. Through laying on of hands. I have over time exposed myself to men and women that I trusted to lay hands on me. Most of the times it's been private. Most of the times I've carried a seed. Unless when they just pick me up. But most of the times I've made it a deliberate effort to say I am carrying a seed. I want to meet that person. And I want them to lay hands on me. And then it will be a close thing where they lay hands and prophesy. For me, when I go to certain conferences and I see a certain grace that I'm deficient in, I then ask for an appointment. Can I see so and so, please? And then I carry my sacrifice, my gift. It's a very important thing, principle to do. I've done it for many years. I carry that gift. Recently, I had a father here coming from UK. Big man that I last saw some 20 something years. He saw through social media that there was a structure built in here. He said, when I'm coming to Zimbabwe, I want to come and see you. He came. Here. Big man. It's a big, big man. So we took a tour with him here. And when he was leaving, I was carrying something to bless him with. There is no way such a big man will be around this place and I never bless him. It's all a foolishness. Highest form of foolishness. When my son got married, uh, a certain powerful lady from a certain powerful country came in here and I said to them, go and give them a seed. You know what they said? We have never, this has never happened to us. That we attend a wedding and we are given a gift in a wedding when we are supposed to give a gift. I said, you need what's in them more than they, you, you need the gift that they will give you. Carry something. You did, isn't it? Carry something. Go and see them. Yeah, go and see them where they are staying. And carry that gift. Make an appointment. It's a big, big woman. She can just lend here and, and lend for you. You are a small person. Carry a gift. They came in here because I invited them here. So it's your responsibility to tap into what they have. 
They said, this has never happened to us. We have attended many weddings. This has never happened to us. I said, you are breaking a record. Carry the gift and say, thank you for coming to my wedding. They released that gift to them. So, you must understand these principles. But you don't understand these principles. Yeah. I don't know where you're going to end up in if you don't understand these simple principles. They are all in the Bible. If you read your Bible properly and you tap into them. There is no way I will stand before greatness and I'm not carrying a seat. It's, it's impossible for me. It's impossible for me. I may not tell you that I've done that. But I will make sure that I've done that. There is no way, no way, no way, no way. That's why I am irresistible when I'm sitting down and a great man of God is preaching. Invariably, he gravitates towards me. I may be sitting at the back there. I am carrying a seat. Yeah. I need something that you have. I, you are going to come to me. A room, a way is going to be created for me. I will see you. And I have to see you. Yeah. When I've told God, I need to see that man. They must have a secret as well. Thank God for secret. But I have a little bit of a secret. No, no, you can't see. You can't see. You can't see. I, I understand they are doing their job. But for me, line up. I'm carrying a seat. Mm. So the last time I went to see a certain man, there were a group of people, I don't know how many, there were over 30. Powerful ministers from different nations. After preaching. I preached somewhere else. I said, I'm going. I'm catching a plane tonight. But I must see this man before I go. There was a lie. He told me, go with them. When they're done, they're given five minutes. You remain behind. <laughs> so everybody went in. Said, oh, no, no, no. The man of God is busy. Please leave. I said, remain, remain. So I remained. You may not find me attractive, but I'm highly attractive with the anointing. I'm irresistible. <laughs> because of the grace. So others moved. Moved. And then I remained. How many minutes did I remain? 30 more minutes. When others, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. When I found Leon to lay. It is that thing that changes your life. Oh. Let's begin. We have done a few of these, so we're going to rush through here. You never know what will happen here. Let me not say rush through. We are going to rush anyway, hopefully through. Aaron and his sons laying on hands is a divine ordinance that releases divine virtue. Exodus 29. We say this on Tuesday. You also sh sh all, you shall also have the bull brought before the tabernacle of the meeting. And Aaron and his sons shall put their hands on the head of the bull. And then they did the same thing with the ram. You shall also, verse 19, take the other ram and Aaron and his sons put their hands on the head of the ram. We read, therefore, through this ordinance, 
that the imperfections of the people were then remitted to the sacrifice, a type of Christ. And the perfections of Christ went back to these people. They weren't washed by soap or water. No. Just laying on of hands, believing for certain impartations. They were carrying sins. They needed those sins forgiven. And therefore they had to lay hands on a sacrifice being a type of Christ. And the Bible says for a year their sins will be removed. For a year. Because of laying on of hands. It is God who effected a two-way transmission. <laughs> when hands are laid upon you, there is a two-way transmission. It's a two-way transmission. It's never one-way, two-way transmission. The virtues from God via his servants to you. And your weaknesses, God takes them. That's why Apostle Paul says, when I am weak, then I'm strong. <laughs> we stand many a times before you full of weaknesses and full of doubts and times full of fear and times full of pain and times literally diseased and we stand and at times broke when we're saying to you God will bless you we are preaching from a position of want and lack but somehow as we stand God takes away our weaknesses five minutes, ten minutes in the sermon. We are changed into new people. And God elevates us into a higher plane. Why? Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. Anyone's mm -hmm. Moses and Joshua B. Numbers 27, verse 18. And the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua. This is numbers now, not Deuteronomy. When this dude was nothing, 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 but he loved to follow. Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you. A man in whom is the spirit. <laughs> Just a spirit. <laughs> Just a small spirit. <laughs> and lay your hand on him. <laughs> General Moses, you have a guy among over three million people. He is just a young man. He has a spirit. But do something. Effect a two-way transmission on that guy. Call him apart. Lay your hand on him. There will be impartation. Years later, watch this now. Numbers, Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel obeyed this man. And Joshua is supposed to follow this man. How do you follow Moses? How do you follow Moses? How do you stand and follow such a man? Unless there is a two-way transmission in your life where you begin to stand and feel, my God, 
the same grace I saw in that man has now come upon me in the name of Jesus Christ. I have stood so many times in different pulpits and saying, mm, I sense the anointing that was upon that man now is working in me. Sometimes I think, mm, mm, the anointing that was upon that man now is working upon me. I see it, I see it, I see this anointing. Because impartation takes away limitations. This is the great Joshua. And he carries that anointing. Guess what? He crosses Jordan River. <laughs> city after the city they are falling. AI down. That city down. Until he decides, you know what? I'm going to do something that will never be repeated again. Sun and moon stand still. I have no time. Give me time to clobber my enemies very hard. It's called the rover anointing. I have no time, but I want to rover my enemies. It's getting dark, but Lord, I have not finished. It's called the Chaya anointing. He pulls them. And he pulls them. At times when you are pullering, you forget time. So he asks for time. I pray that that grace will fall upon you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You seem to be happy right there as you leave the pulpit. Next one. Next one. Next one, next one. Ah, Jacob blesses Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. <laughs> Jacob himself, long back, had suffered from this sibling fight with his twin brother Esau. So he understood that. He understood that he came into his position by force and Kenya. Say, by force and Kenya. <laughs> Jacob was not supposed to be Israel. Ah, it was supposed to be Esau being in charge. But Jacob somehow conniving with the mother, we see him becoming Israel. So now he is in Egypt. He meets his son Joseph. Ah, let's pick it up right there. Then Israel, which is Jacob, he's blessing the sons of Joseph stretched his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand on Manasseh's head guiding his hands watch this now guiding his hands knowingly for Manasseh was the firstborn mm -mm. and verse 18 just jump to verse 18 and Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father. For this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head and not your left hand. Because the father had crisscrossed his hands. And Joseph was not pleased. He said, No, 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 no. Manasseh is the elder. Please bless Manasseh. Ephraim with a lesser blessing. But this is the guy. And the father says, but his father refused. Say he refused. And he said, I know my son. And then for the first time, Jacob speaks in Shona. He says, in the reggae, one in the reggae. <laughs> first time in Shona. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. But 
his younger brother shall be greater than he and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. It is laying one of hands. Some of us, I, don't, I told some of you here some time back that as we were almost completing this, I heard the spirit of God saying, you were not the first man that I wanted to build this thing here. Very sobering thing. Yeah. Because you'll be praying and say, Lord, why did you choose me? Why did you? No, you're not the first one. You are somewhere far behind in the list. Yeah. You are not the first one. I had my several people there. I wanted to, them to do this. You were in Kusa, they far away. But they refused. Yeah. Some of them preferred their money and enjoyed. Some of them left the city and ran away from the city. Yeah. Some of them went to Britain. Some of them are in America. Some of them went somewhere else. Then when all these that I had marked, I couldn't. Then I came to you. Uh, I said, oh, so I was in number one. <laughs> That's a sobering effect. So I was not number one. Yes, you are not number one. You were not even the top ten that I wanted to build this. I had others. That means I was not looking to you for this. Never. I had some men that I had marked to do this. But all of them, they left. They disappeared. They didn't listen. They didn't want to count the cost. They left. And here I am. I was thinking, Lord, why did you choose me? Oh, I must be a hot man of God. No, you were not there. You're not there. Can I talk to somebody today? You may be seated here thinking no one sees you and you don't count before God. But all these people that appear to count before God are not serious people. And they're not. They don't want to pay the price. Yeah. They're busy with their own things. Yeah. They're busy with their legal empires. They, they don't want to do what God has told. And when they want to, their wives come in and say, you can't do it. Yeah, me, I'll leave you if you do this. I know a, a foolish woman. Uh, in fact, my spirit is getting each agitated. A foolish woman. This man wanted to give his life totally to God. This foolish woman said, don't do it. If you get into ministry, I'm going to leave you. Yeah? Don't get into ministry, I'll leave you. I've seen many people suffer in ministry. So don't get into ministry. If you want to stay with me, don't touch ministry. That man succumbed to that pressure. They are divorced. The man left him. Because while the man was doing the will of God, stand up, Baba Jeff, stand, stand quick. While the man was doing the will of God, looking at his wife, through the lenses of the Holy Spirit, the lady looked so beautiful. Once he turned away from doing the mission of God, that became a vampire. Mm. Vampire. The man said, I can't stay. Why did I choose a lady like this? Go out. I'm finding now a proper baby. According to world standards, he found a baby. Huh? That lady is crying. Yeah! We say to the lady, what happened? Thank you. I stopped the man from following the call of God. I thought we wanted to build our empire. Yeah. Our friends were doing well. Yeah. We were doing well, so we're doing well. We didn't want to remain behind. So my wife said, don't follow the call of God. Follow this. 
Let's do things. Let's be big. Let's be known to be big. The man got big and left him. Never tell your husband who is serving God that they are doing nothing. There's a case that comes instantly for you. Do you think standing here I'm a failure in life? I know. As a financial director, I left, I left money to stand here. I didn't come to church to preach. You have no money here. That's why you are a new church. If I wanted money, I'll bring my churches to come and congregate here. We'll fill this place. You have no money. I don't come for your money. There is no money that you can give me that can meet my needs. Nothing. Nothing. Some of you are students. You have no money as yet. Hopefully you'll have money in some years to come. But right now you're broke. You're eating dry bread at nest there. So, so you're not adding value to me. I left money to come and preach to you. You silly peasant. Yeah. I think, yeah, this preacher's love, um, what money? What money can you give me? <laughs> what money? Yeah. What money? You speak English like Molly through your nose. Do you think that can change me? You're mad. You're demon possessed. So this woman said to this man, let's not do it. The man succumbed to the beautiful lady. <laughs> Ladies, you're only beautiful as we look at you through the lenses of the Holy Spirit. I am a preacher here. Should I decide to backslide? I must find a sweet 18. Yeah. Should your husband decide to backslide? We score Nothing. You are not with it. They want to find somebody sweet. Somebody who can twist their hips. You can't twist your hip because once you go one side, you'll cramp already. So you can't even move. <laughs> you can't. Your days are far gone. And therefore, it is, it is in your own interest. It's like I'm prophesying here today. It is like in your own interest, woman, to keep that man in the house of God. Because in the house of God, when he looks at you, you are getting more beautiful and more pure. Outside there, you are just a reptile. But when he is in the house of God, he stays. And gangsters in my church. I'm a gangsters, a king. I would you. Oh, you're giving. Don't give your money. They don't know when you say that to an anointed man, that's the end of your marriage. The power of the chompi. I pagan me pelin chompi and say yes. If you say you want to learn, you kakara kakara. Yaba, you kakara kakara One hour kakara kakara. It is but the day you disobey God I'm I'm not an entertainer I don't know if you're looking for an entertainer go and find an entertainer someone else yeah. so Please, please, don't stop that man 
from serving God. Even you husband, don't stop your wife from serving God. Yeah, don't stop. For you, the answer with God is very simple. He kills you early. Yes, that's, that's easy. What's the use of you living? Just kill the repeater. Let go home. Well, you die. And when you die, your wife will choose properly now. Eh? Because she has already in the spirit she was looking and saying, if I didn't marry this one, who else in this church? And she's been looking and saying, my God, should this dude go six feet underground? I am going for Joe there. I love Joe's style. I love the way he stands up and lifts up and they are looking. And when you look stop and and dig down. We have to humble a very we are one eye. Uko na inu chogu finara lab. I end up rumangu. Two weeks. They are going out for dinner. They are gone. So tell poo pants. Logo valu mamalo. Suman ling to lap. Suman, suman, suman come and said. We are the poop. Remember, there is a stage in Nepal. Because we are not yet so. We are yet so. We are not 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 God is a way of replacing people. Uh, for men, the only language they understand is to die. They don't understand. Men are stubborn. It's only God when he threatens you with death that you come to your senses. I will kill you if you do this. No, this man is a good man. Yeah, I understand. I'm just giving you as an example. I see, just in case I cause divorce here. <laughs> stay, stay with the man. And mom, stay, stay with your man. You chose your man. I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm talking about? And this man said, I refuse. I know what I'm doing. Abraham must carry the anointing. <laughs> God chooses people. <laughs> Even in a meeting like this, some people will decide, ask one, I'm a This is what I'm talking about. I, I, I must go here. Yeah. My food, my lunch. My... Never love food more than the things of God. They left through food to go and eat it. Gone. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you understand the things of the spirit. Hey. Next one. The 70 elders. Numbers 11. Verses 16 to 17. So the Lord said to Moses, gather to me 70 men. Moses is tired. He's doing the work alone. And God says, gather to me 70 men. You saw what I did here? I laid my hands on men and women here so that I be not the one again laying hands on the whole church. If you are a good leader, you will always raise people to minister along with you. So that you don't weigh yourself down. Yeah. Get the first row. Release what you want to release. Turn the first row. 
they are carrying the same anointing. Nay, it is. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me how many men? Seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of the meeting, that they may stand there with you. Watch verse 17. Watch verse 17. Verse 17 says, Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take off the spirit that is upon you and put the same upon them. That means they are carrying the same anointing. And then it made church governance very, very enjoyable for General Moses. So he imparted the spirit that was upon Moses. And we know that hands were laid on there. Barnabas and so. Yeah, we didn't touch this now. Barnabas and so. Acts 13. This verse and this chapter and this book, chapter 13, will show you one of the greatest assignments ever done by the Holy Spirit. Orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Let's read it. This is the church of Antioch. And as they ministered to the Lord. Uh, let's start with verse 1. I know I didn't put verse 1 there, so I may confuse you there. Verse 1 will give us the context. Are you able to plug in verse 1 quickly? Or you can't? Alright. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. And it begins to name them. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger. An African person there. Lucius of Cyrene, Manon from the high echelons of society, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. That's why I say high echelons. That's Manon there. Right. Watch verse 2 now. Verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord, meaning when they were worshipping. You can only minister to the Lord as you worship. And fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit is talking. Why didn't they say, yeah, go now? Go. No. There is another ordinance that they began to implement. Verse 3. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. <laughs> it is that assignment that then set Saul apart. He was Saul, not Paul. And he was always after Barnabas. You can see verse 2 that we read. Barnabas and Saul or Paul. Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas and Paul. As they ministered, separate to me Barnabas and who? Saul. He wasn't a Paul. He was Saul he was still attached to the characteristic of murder. He was a murderer. And he was number two here. He was not number one. Some of you are number one every, number two everywhere in your life. Yeah. So as they ministered unto them and laid hands on them, here's the assignment. All the epistles that you see, bulk of them, were written because of that assignment. You can name all the books. The book of Romans. First and second Corinthians, Timothy, Titus. You can go on, even the book of Hebrews itself. 
And you can go on and on and mention First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, Ephesians, Galatians. Through that assignment, ordinance of laying on of hands. And later, Saul becomes a pole. He becomes the senior man as they take their missions and their journeys. The appointment of seven deacons. Acts 6, verses 1, 2, 5, and 6. Now in those days, say in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. The Hellenists were not Hebrews. So they were complaining. Why were they complaining? They were saying, when food is being distributed, they don't look unto us. So we are complaining. They are complaining to the apostles whose mission was to preach and not to distribute food. And therefore came in the wisdom. The Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Verse, verse 2. Then the twelve, being the apostles now, summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. That's why every church must have compartments and leaders so that others are doing this and others are doing that and those that are preaching are preaching. Is that not so? Okay, next verse. Next one. And the saying pleased the whole multitude and they chose prominent people that we know. Others I believe got prominent but that I mentioned is number one, Stephen. A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And Philip. Then you have the other five there that we don't know what the Bible doesn't say much about them but it says much about Stephen as well as Philip. Next verse. Next verse. Whom they set before the apostles and when they had prayed and done what? Prayed and done what? Laid hands on them. They released them to serve tables. <laughs> Among those men that were laid hands on was Stephen. If you read your Bible, Acts chapter, I believe, 7, 8, 7. Stephen preaches a message. Stephen is a deadly man. He preaches a message until the hearers plugged their ears so that they could not hear. The anointing that was upon Stephen is unbelievable. They came charging at him, wanting to kill him, stoning him with stones. If people stone you with stones and you say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, you are in the spirit. And this man had been laid hands on. Philip is another one. You follow Philip in the book of Acts, down the line, he joins the Ethiopian eunuch. Remember the Ethiopian eunuch? He joins the chariot. He witnesses to him. One on one. And he baptizes him. He says, what stops me from being baptized? Seeing there is much water. When you are baptizing people, there must be much water. So he goes under the water. From there, he is translated. He is seen in a place called Azotus. He is preaching the gospel there. With signs and miracles. Laying on of hands. Stand with me. Stand with me. Stand, stand, stand. 
The prophetic word is number four. We are giving you ways of impartation. We say divine encounters. We say through father-son relationship. We said number three, through laying one of hands. And number four, through the prophetic words. The words of prophecy always carry divine impartations of a different order. These are prophetic words. Whether you are hearing them sitting down, standing up, lying down, the prophetic words are always pregnant with the Spirit of God and various graces. That's why in the book of Numbers, Moses wishes that all of us were prophets. <laughs> I, the prophetic is one of the powerful mediums that God will use to impart. Ezekiel 2, verse 2. Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me. <laughs> Through the spoken word, the Spirit entered Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. And set me on my feet. That means possibly he was lying prostrate, lying down. Then the prophetic from God lifted him up. And I heard him who spoke to me. <laughs> Different levels of prophecy. There is what we call the office of a prophet. The office of a prophet is found in Ephesians 4 verse 11. When Christ ascended, the Bible says, he gave gifts unto men. Some of them are these. He himself gave apostles. Some prophets. There it is. It's an office, that one. The office has a greater grace than a gift. That is an office. When you have an office, you carry office. You don't necessarily need to say, that's saith the Lord. You can tell someone, hey, stop messing around with me. Or things won't be well with you. You are done. You are done. And from there on, a bear comes from nowhere and it will bite them. You don't need to, because you are working in an office. You don't need to have been praying and fasting for 40 days to say anything. Just in a moment of anger. That's why the fivefold should always try to be composed. Especially the apostolic and the prophetic. God, what you say when you are annoyed. God, what you say concerning those that annoy you because you can unleash words that you regret ever issuing them. Mm. Because you say words that will make someone who is flourishing wither just like that overnight. So you must carry extra grace. When you know the apostolic and the prophetic is over your life, pray for much love. Pray for much love. So that you are not 
trigger happy. You know people that are trigger happy? Always shooting. Boom, 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 boom. So that you are not trigger happy. Even if someone insults you before you say anything, go back home. Cool down. Because you carry a missile on the inside of you. Someone can be rejoicing and you unleash just a word. And you say, you, tomorrow by this time, tomorrow by this time, it won't be well with you. And things begin to work. Even gone. And you say, oh my God, I just killed someone. I know what killed them. The doctors give a diagnosis. No, he ate too much. That's not the diagnosis. Yeah. The diagnosis is your words that you say. And you say them, you didn't understand the office that you walk in. And therefore you unleash those words. Literally, because when you stand in those offices, you also carry what we call the special gift of faith. I will explain. When you possess the special gift of faith, God honors your words like his own words and he causes them to come to pass. It could be judgment. It could be blessing. It could be a curse. It could be transformation. It could be speaking to wombs that are barren. It could be speaking to ministries that are sterile. It could be speaking to lives that have lost the joy, the anointing. You stand up and say, under this apostolic grace I declare that this will happen to you and that will happen to you and that will happen to you. Already there's a whirlwind bringing a turn around in your life and things change. Are you understanding that? That's the office. So the office brings impartation. <laughs> you may be sitting down thinking you are a loser. And the words are coming to you. They are changing you. <laughs> Tomorrow you stand up and say, where did I get this from? Where did this thing come from? Where did the... You sat too long under the apostolic and the prophetic. And that thing entered like Ezekiel into your spirit and brought transformation into your life. Special media said to me, but Bishop, why do you preach such tough and heavy message to the babies there? I say, I understand too. I wonder why I'm doing that. But I know why I'm doing that. So that you grow up. Check your neighbor and say, don't waste Bishop's time here. Don't waste Bishop's time. Just check them and say, I'm going to penga. So, that's an office. There is a prophetic ministry. Or what we call a simple gift of prophecy. There it is. Simple gift of prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks three things. You are edifying. You are exhorting. You are comforting. The simple gift of prophecy has no revelation whatsoever. So you can't speak futuristic. You can't speak present. You can't speak the past. You can just edify, comfort, and exhort. But I want C there. It is C that I want. The prophetic zone. <laughs> say the prophetic zone. Say it again. Say the prophetic zone. Mm -hmm. First Samuel 10, verses 10 to 11. 
when they came there to the hill there was a group of prophets to meet him then the spirit of God came upon him this is King Saul he is not a prophet he is far from hearing the things of God but he came into a zone I met a certain man at a certain place and this man was highly highly prophetic I was tired my intention was really not to hear God or prophesy I just wanted to rest <laughs> but I came into the zone of this man he was supercharged I'm tired I'm meeting him the moment I entered into his fear <laughs> I think the whole radius was supercharged with the prophetic. I am entering in, I wish I could go and sleep. I'm entering in the jet lag. Time difference is big, seven, eight hours. I just want to sleep. But it is courtesy call to meet the hosts. I just wish you'd say, please go and rest then we'll meet tomorrow. I enter into his office. I said, my God, I thank you for coming here. Already the prophetic seeds. And they are jumping on me. <laughs> Who wasn't wanting to prophesy? Suddenly I feel, man, can we not put a meeting now with this thing? Now, let's put a meeting. Because I'm sensing something here. I entered into a zone. The grace was in my grace. I entered into someone who was supercharged, carrying that grace. As I entered that zone, suddenly. <laughs> it's very easy to come into a certain church or a certain place and find it easy to minister. For example, but it's not your anointing that is operating. No. You are just a loser. You can't say anything. But when you come in an environment that is already pregnant, suddenly you are getting something that you never got. Suddenly you are explaining it. This one says like this in Greek. In Hebrew it says this and you think, my God, where did I get that? Alas, the anointing was borrowed, but I entered into a zone. This man entered into his own. They began to marvel and say, is Saul also among the prophets? So it's always good to stay in a zone. A zone will empower you. A zone will take away your limitations. You will walk in a zone feeling inferior as a lady. Who can marry me? No one can marry me. My boyfriend walked out of me. Suddenly you enter into a zone and that zone tells you you are one of the most prettiest ladies ever to live. And you leave that place saying, my God, here I am beating myself down, looking at myself and thinking I'm all mount to nothing. But I just entered a zone. And a zone transforms your life and you are never the same again. D. Prophetic presbytery. Not presbyterian. 
presbytery. Say presbytery with me. I will explain that word. Say presbytery. What is presbytery? It is a group of leaders praying together to impact. What we did this morning is what we call prophetic presbytery. As we laid hands. That's what you call. You are calling what happened in the book of Acts 13 verse 1 and 3 there. That's prophetic presbytery. It's a group of giftings that come together and then they begin to unleash. Impartations will come through a prophetic zone. They will come through the office of a prophet, Ephesians 4 verse 11. They will come through prophetic presbytery as people lay hands. So the anointing therefore is released and therefore it stares up and changes who you are. Lift both your hands and say, Holy Spirit, transform my life. Number five, as we go home, through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Through an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I know of a man called David. He was an ordinary man. David was an ordinary young shepherd such that when prophet Samuel came to Jesus' home, they were not worried about him. The prophet started ministry because David was not around. No one even cared. Have you ever been like that in your home where people don't care about you? Yeah, we are number whatever. Even if you are not around, people make decisions. They don't. If, if it's burial, they can bury even without you. You are so insignificant in your home. <laughs> but God can change that. First Samuel 16 verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. His brothers were in a service. David was not in the service. <laughs> Nobody even saw that David was not in a service. They continued Eliab, number one, Eliashama, number all of them, except David, until the prophet said, is there anyone? They said, oh, they went and called Zuga boy. They Zuga boy. <laughs> I told you, some of you are in certain graces because God has so favored you. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. This is chapter 16. Chapter 17, you see the life of David taking off. It is the anointing. David was a nobody before this. Yet he had killed a lion and a bear prior to this. But no one knew about that. But it is this anointing, chapter 16, that leads him to chapter 17. When the grace of God comes upon you, even the assignments that you are given become very important. If your pastor says, can you stand up and greet the people? Don't say, I have not greeted the people before. I am sure. Stand up and greet the people. If noma noma, your pastor says you are preaching, don't say this is not my speciality. Stand up because we are not looking at you. We are looking for the gift that is resident in you. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Chapter 17, he's sent by his father. If you read chapter 7, we won't read it there. Go and 
find out how your brothers are doing before Goliath there. They are fighting Goliath. Are they alive or not? Carry Magdabeleng one for them to go and eat. Look at the assignment. The assignment is small for a man who has been anointed by Samuel. Small. He is carrying a basket. Let's but you have been anointed he could have said no I'm a man of God I will never do that as a man of God Yeah, give me a better assignment don't allow me to clean toilets I will never touch toilets again today hands were laid on me I heard a prophecy from someone who says you are a great person therefore I can't be great cleaning toilets ah, I can't be great arranging chairs I can't be great I've been anointed I'm a great man I'm a great woman I resign. Head Asher, here is my letter. Today, goodbye from that ministry. I'm lining up for great things. I am ready to go, baby. I see myself standing. The world is my oyster. <laughs> Big mistake. David went. Chapter 17. It is the anointing sending him. Sometimes your assignment is camouflaged in simple things. You don't see it. Sometimes it could be come and lead prayer. Come on time here 8.30 and just lead prayer. You don't know what that door has done for you. What, what that assignment has done for you. Open doors. Sometimes it could be join Bishop on Saturday. Let's go and evangelize. You don't know. Look at our brother that we stood up yesterday, last week here. He met Norma. He met another person. He met a gentleman with a beard. There is that gentleman there. He met Enya. He met Pastor Quarimbo. They saved his life. A simple assignment of coming on a Saturday that appears small. You would rather sleep. Remember you are tired. You are working Monday to Friday. How dare this man calls you again on Saturday. You are tired. Just listen to your body and sleep. You would have slept and God in heaven would have told you. I wanted to send you to stop someone from committing suicide. But you chose to sleep. And therefore you chose to sleep. Their blood is on your head. Yeah, play Daniel there. About to close. David goes. Picture David. He arrives. He is not at picnic. It's a battlefront. On the other side, those that went with me to Israel, we went to that valley, the valley of Elah. It's called the valley of Elah. It's a hill. There's an arena on the inside. There's another hill there. For 40 years, there is a man who is standing, insulting the people of God. His name is Goliath. Church history tells us that his tribes were known to have six fingers and six toes. A huge guy. His one toe will be as round as this microphone. He's a big guy. And he has a booming voice. He stands across. Is there anyone? 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 He calls the people of God dogs. Calls them dogs. He intimidates them. He terrorizes them. When they hear him bark, they run. Who is among them? There is a king. Who is this king? King Saul. 
He was anointed differently. <laughs> but this dude, he arrives on the scene. He's carrying a different grace. He listened to the assignment. He didn't say it's too small for me. He didn't say I'm a man of God. He took the assignment. The moment he arrives, the voice booms again. But it's an appointment. Tell your neighbor it's an appointment. The booming of voices in your life is an appointment. When God anoints you straight away, some of you that we prayed with you here, you will meet a challenge. It is for you not to fold and coil up and die. It is for you to confront that thing. And he is a voice that insults the children of Israel. And David is dead. Anointing. Anointing. The wrong way. And David says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine taunting at the armies of God? Who is he? Who is he? Every soldier, including the brothers that went to the gym, they had biceps and muscles, they were hiding. A young man with the grace. Zechariah 4, verse 6 says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And David confronts Goliath. The odds are slim. For number one, five to one. He has five stones. Possibly one could get the man. But he is what makes it more different. The man is virtually a fortress by himself. <laughs> he is covered everywhere with armor. Everywhere. He covered everywhere and left one spot. Just the one spot in the head. And that was good enough. Number five stands for grace. That was good enough. Five stones. When I went to the valley of Ella, I picked five stones. I flew with them in a plane from Israel to here. I thought maybe one of them just maybe one of them. Maybe the stone that he hit Goliath and I'm carrying it. I don't think I picked the right stones. Five stones. This is Goliath. This young man charges. You notice his approach. He's not saying, hey, Goliath and running away. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. He's charging towards him. He is running for him. And while he is running, he is speaking. He is calling him an uncircumcised Philistine. He says, today, I'm going to chop your head. Yeah. How can you say that, David? This is, yeah, you have no sword. They've given him a sword of color. He says, I've never tried this. Let me put them down. I know what you use. <laughs> the arm of the spirit. A sling. He is judging. And he says, Goliath, Am I a dog <laughs> that you bring a guy carrying sticks? Goliath was not a small man. For 40 years he had wiped everybody who dead charge him. Except this man. And there you are. Come on, I want you to stand as I close. Let's do a prophetic mind. We prayed for you today. The anointing fell upon you. There is a great impartation that is on you in your life. Never believe that as you walk out of these grounds, things will be alright. 
Some of you are about to meet the Goliath of your life. This Goliath will be so big. But I want you to remember these words. Keep on swinging that sling. Remember this. You are carrying five stones. It is one stone that is an assignment among the five. Keep on singing that. You will hear the voice of God, the voice of Goliath louder than the voice of God. Goliath will start taunting at you. Do you think you received anything? Do you think something happened? Don't you think that preacher preached long today? You should have gone home earlier. Oh, it was hot there. This is the voice of Goliath. Keep on singing that thing. And as he that stone with an assignment is leaving the sling how even if we are professional how I want a big man here Babaji come right here come and stand here how even if you are a professional slinger here is our Goliath at Harvest House I don't think there is anybody as tall as this man is <laughs> how do you aim a spot here? And value of Ella, you are by the door there. How do you aim at that? How do you do it? Is it natural skill? No. Already that stone has a name unto it. <laughs> when the rivers of water washed out the stones, that one was set apart to fall by the valley of Ela right there. Other stones were washed away. That one had an assignment. Oh, can I speak to somebody today? Hiya! You are today in this church in the valley of Ela. You are that one stone, one stone, one stone. We are counting on you. It is the stone of victory. You are that one stone. What made you leave Maswingo and be with us today? You are that one stone, one stone, one stone, one stone, one stone, one stone. The rivers had flowed many years prior to this moment. Other pebbles went away. <laughs> Washed away. But there were some stones that were washed by the side. <laughs> I can play around with by the side. At times you can be by the side and think God has forgotten you by the side. By the side. At times you can be by the side and become insignificant for a season. Or by the side. At times you can be by the side and no one ever looks at you by the side. At times you can be by the side even the very woman who is supposed to marry you says you are too far away on the extremes or by the side. Sometimes people can look at your face and say your face is not up to it because you are by the side. By the side. Can I speak to somebody who is by the side? Your being by the side is orchestrated by God. <laughs> Because he knew you that if you put you in the center of things, you are going to be proud. And therefore he left you aside. 
when you saw other stones floating in the river and going you wish you could go too why did they go overseas by the rivers why did they go to australia for example i wanted to go to germany i wanted to go to the usa i longed for an american accent i wanted to say hello brother how are you my brother i wanted that accent too but i remained by this side why didn't i get a visa why didn't i get a visa when i wanted to go and bath the old ladies in the uk my visa shut up i remained by this side others are writing me and say i am by this side you are by this side to hear the message <laughs> by the <this> side <laughs> Ah, oh, I sense the anointing here. Here is a man representing Goliath for our example here. Only one spot is vulnerable. It is this spot. And David was so privileged to find the stones that were left by the side. And furthermore, to put the stone he put as number one in his sling. This stone, when God created all the rocks, when it fell apart from the main rock, it got its assignment. The assignment was stone, you will kill a giant and you will set the whole nation free. You came to church, young man, today. You don't know why you came to church. You didn't want to come to church. But you are here. Could you be that you are that stone today? Well, I'm sorry. You drove. We have churches. You drove to come and listen to this preacher preaching. My swing goes far. You are here. You are looking smart. Hey. You came with this soldier man. This man. By you being available to accompany this man. It means a lot. I remember him accompanying me. And here you are. You came in. This man is a soldier by profession. Oh, so you're a soldier by profession. Lift up your hand, soldier man. So, soldier man, you decide to obey to come with this man. You could have given a valid excuse. Yeah. You could have given a valid excuse. So you become a stone. And there are many stones here. <laughs> May God visit you. And touch you. May you cause havoc wherever you go in the spirit. May a warrior spirit. I sense a warrior spirit coming upon you. May a warrior spirit come over your life to change you into another man. May the power of God invade you in this season. I see you with great boldness and craziness of spirit standing up and speaking the words of grace. I see the power of God flowing over you, soldier. I see the power of God issuing over your life. David, we anoint you with oil today. 
you have been an ordinary man but starting today you will know you visited you came to the valley of Ella and something has happened over your life God is transforming you God is changing your life God is equipping you he is configuring your spirit anew in the name of Jesus may the power of God fall over your life in the name of Jesus Christ ayo may the anointing and the grace of God be mighty over your life in the name of Jesus turn this man into another man what's his natural name this man Sims Sims I love this man I love what's going to be inside of him and what's coming inside of him I chaisan Give me this oil. I'm anointing this man's lips with oil. <laughs> he will be able to speak of the oracles of God. May transformation take place. May new grace fall upon him. May the boldness of the spirit be upon him. May the anointing to see things in the spirit be his portion. Transform him. May the favor of God fall over his life. In the name of Jesus. By the river that stone was left. Changed. Ha. David swings. You notice he doesn't even pray for accuracy. He's walking in his gift. He's no longer praying for accuracy. He knows he's in the zone. Sometimes when you are in the zone, man, anything that you say comes to pass. It's always good to come into the zone. When we are in the zone, man, you can find anybody who is a loser and say, hey, loser, from today you are not going to be a loser. You are in the zone. Hey, uh, David swings and releases the stone. I don't know whether it came like David Beckham bending them right whether it went to Cholojo before he went, all we know is where it landed. It doesn't matter where it started going. All it matters is his final destination. Let's say for lack of our understanding, because the Bible doesn't say how. Let's say he's by that door and it went that side. Boomerang. And Goliath said, uh, look, he can't even throw properly. I am here. <laughs> and you are throwing there. You have made a mistake, Goliath. It's coming. Those that watched it. Passed him. And said, Dakuya manj in Shona. Dakuya manj. Israel was timid before this. When they saw Goliath tumble forth 
fall to the ground and David running standing on him using his own sword chopping his head there was joy in Israel we are going home now lift up your hands say Lord Jesus seasons of impartation are real I thank you for changing my life I thank you for transforming my life in the name of Jesus that I want us to put on that screen numbers it's in the book of numbers are you able to find it numbers chapter 6 verses 22 to 25 And the Lord spoke to Moses as we close, going home, saying, watch what he says. Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, this is what we're going to say to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Next. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you in the name of Jesus. Till we meet again on Tuesday and Saturday, put your hands together. May God bless you. God watch over you. Embrace someone and say, my God, we'll see you next week. We'll see you on Tuesday. 